On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Online, I got a chance to chat with Jennifer Wynn from Embay. She has an incredible story of how she started, and it's a lot different than most of you started. I think you guys are going to get a ton out of this episode. I know that I did. Before we start, we've worked with hundreds of businesses over the years, and we found that there is one element that all the successful businesses have in common. All the successful businesses that we've worked with have had a strategy. Having a strategy means having a roadmap. It means knowing where you want to go and having a plan on how you're going to get there. We found that there's 10 pivotal elements to an effective strategy, and we've created a one-minute quiz to help you determine whether your next year of marketing will be successful or not. Think about this. If a plane leaving LAX is headed to JFK and is even 1% off at the beginning of the trip, that plane could veer as far as Winnipeg. (laughs) And no one wants to end up in Winnipeg. Take the quiz today at mindfulmarketing.co slash quiz or click the link in today's show notes to see where your marketing is headed this year. Now, on to today's show. Jennifer Wynn from Embay. So nice to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jordan. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, totally. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. So I am um, a mother of four. I live in Anaheim Hills, California, and I was an aerospace engineer before um, having children. And by the time I had my third one, I could not keep them swaddled um, and asleep. And I ended up inventing a a patented swaddle blanket. So we produce the only swaddle in the world that you can swaddle the baby with your legs in or your legs out. And it's called Embe is the brand. Cool. Cool. Okay. Tell me more about that. That sounds amazing. So I, I have three kids. Um, we just had a, uh, he's three months old right now. Um, I'm terrible at swaddling still after three kids. How am I terrible at swaddling? Yeah, no. <laughs> but I, I want to hear like, like what's, what makes this so amazing? Yeah. So again, like I had three, um, and I actually have four now, um, total children. So went through a lot, a lot of sleepless nights. Um, and I knew that swaddling was really, you know, just so critical to, to getting good sleep. And it was so hard with all the products on the market. Um, you know, nothing really just securely kept my baby swaddled. So I had this amazing idea in the middle of the night, I was sleeping and kind of like my engineer brain was, I guess, (laughs) kind of developing on its own when ideas when I was sleeping in my subconscious. And I woke up in the middle of the night with this crazy idea for a swaddle that lets you swaddle baby with your legs in or legs out. I had a piece of paper on the side of my bed, woke up, drew it all out on, you know, on the paper and went back to sleep. Woke up, woke up in the, the next morning, looked at it and was like, wow, this could really work. So that's what kind of started my journey. Amazing. What, what year was that? This was 2013, I believe. Yes. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. So you've so, been at this for, for a while now. I have. Well, it took me two years to get to market. So um, it would have been sooner, but then I was pregnant with my fourth child and I decided yeah. to kind of push off launching the brand until I had a chance to test it on my own baby. Because um, when I came up with the idea, my my child at that time was six months old. So she was just getting out of swaddling. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the whole you know product development phase for the next year and getting patents. So we do have two issued patents for our swaddles. Um, and yeah, so then we, we launched the brand two years later after I tested it on my own child for, you know, the entire swaddling stage and yeah. had all my friends and we had um, different, you know, groups on Facebook that also tried it. And um, yeah, and that's kind of what birthed Embe. Cool, cool. At what point did you know that this was going to grow? 
So when we were five days old, I mean, I didn't even have a manufacturer yet. I had a lady from church that I asked to help me kind of create a pattern and cut it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, she sews my first prototype and I went to a little teeny industry trade show. Um, at the time it's, it was called ABC Spring. I don't know. Okay. Something like in like LA area or? Um, yeah, it's in the United States. So, uh, I, that one I think was in, it was in Vegas, I think. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Was it? I don't, anyway, something like that, <laughs> but, um, like a hundred buyers showed up. This is all like boutique buyers. Yeah. 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 Um, and that was going to be like our debut, like, hello, yeah. here we are world. Hello world. You know, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> we are the, we're, you know, our, our brand is MBA. So I go to that and, um, within two days of the show, I get two large companies coming up to me and basically offering, um, licensing deals. And I'm like, licensing. Can, can you explain that exactly? Cause I, I, maybe people don't exactly understand that. What, sure. like, what do you so, mean by that? Um, how licensing works is they, if you, usually you have to have a patent or some type of IP yeah. and then they're going to license, um, the technology from you. So they wanted basically to be able to produce and manufacture my swaddles, my design, um, but not necessarily, it could be two ways. Either they license it and they can sell it under their brand name or they can license it and they can co-brand with you or they can license it and just basically be your distributor and sell it. But they have rights. Totally. To and that's, that's the amazing thing about creating IP, right? Is that you have that option to be able to license. Like I'll, I, I talk with people, uh, you know, in more like private coaching kind of stuff. Um, about going out and finding good IP and then licensing it, <laughs> right? Because because there's not a lot of people out there like you, right? Yeah. Who who are aerospace engineers <laughs> who just happen to come up with amazing ideas, right? So that's that's cool to kind of see the other side of that. Did did you end up licensing to them? No, I didn't. I mean, again, I was two days old. I didn't even have a manufacturer, <laughs> and just this idea of like they were like, well, you know, I, we were having conversations. They invited me out, you know, to like a wine bar, and we. I sat down and had these fancy glasses of wine with them, Yeah, um, you know, and they were painting these pictures of me sitting on the beach and the money just coming in, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and me just doing nothing except for creating products for them. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm only two days old. I really should give this a shot. What, how will I know if I don't actually try to do it? Yeah, 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 totally. So, um, and then you can build, you're building something for yourself, right? Rather yeah. than just the licensing deal. I mean, in hindsight, it they were pretty amazing offers because they didn't want all of, they didn't want my entire brand. They didn't want all my channels, my sales channels. Um, so I had, like I said, I had two offers. So one company basically wanted my hospital space. So they said, hey, give us exclusivity to your hospital distribution, which I didn't even have, right? But they, yeah. they were saying, we want to only sell in that space. So we're going to take that space and you can do whatever you want in every other space. And then another company came to me um, or a VC group. That one was a VC group. They came to me and said, hey, we want just your big box retail space. You can have all of your um, direct to consumer. You can have your Amazon yeah. You can, you can have your brand still just give us this space. So, so technically I could have, you know, grown my company and played in these two spaces. If I, had interesting. Taken. Yeah. But hindsight, I, hindsight, you can't. Yeah. If, you <laughs> know, being new, I was like, nah, you know, oh. <laughs> if it was this, it just seemed too easy. I mean, yeah. I was two days old, right. We were at our first show. And what do you know at that? What, what do you know at that point? Right. It's not like you have the, the, that experience yet to be like, oh yeah, this is a great deal. Exactly. Good. Yeah. So, and, and I'm, 
And I don't have any regrets about it. I thought it was an amazing opportunity. Hey, it makes for a great story. And it gave me the validation that I needed to know that I had a good product. Yeah. Yeah. So, so fast forward, what, what's happened since? Well, so that was two days old. At five days old, I sent a blind email to Babies R Us and Bye Bye Baby, like random email addresses. Yeah. And within 30 minutes, I actually got invited back to, um, to pitch to them. Uh, no way to their buyers. To their buyers. Amazing. Um, yeah. I, I sent it to some random, you know, at whatever.com. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Emails. And one of the buyers was nice enough. I think I sent like 10 each and nine bounced back, but one made it through to a real buyer. And, um, uh, and they were nice enough to forward it to my category buyer. And within 30 minutes, I actually got in touch with my category buyer who invited me out to pitch to them. And this happened at both Babies R Us and Bye Bye Baby. So within 30 minutes, I got an email back from both separate buyers inviting me out the same day, hours apart to come pitch to both of them. And I was in Manhattan at the time. So I had to figure out a way to get from Manhattan to um, the suburbs of Jersey (laughs) to get to these meetings. Oh, okay. And what, like for people, we're, we're in Canada. I, you know, I kind of get, I've seen, you know, movies about that area. (laughs) Is that, is that like a difficult trek or? Yeah. I mean, I, I had to take this, you know, I had to take public transportation. I take the subway system to a train to go to the airport, to pick up a car and then to drive out there. I mean, it was, it was a whole ordeal, especially just not being prepared for it. I had, Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I was five days old at the time. I showed up at, at headquarters, did my pitch and was like, Ta-da! Like, great. Yeah. and did they did they know that that you were like a brand new company at this point? Yeah, I mean, they had never heard of me. Yeah, um, they just really liked the innovation, and that's what prompted them to ask for the meeting. So, Amazing. to my surprise, we got full store launches at both Babies R Us and Bye Bye Baby. Wow! And is that still? Do you still have that relationship? I do, except that since then, Babies R Us, as you know, has gone bankrupt and closed down their stores. That's right. Um, That's right. I don't think that they have in Canada. Oh, yeah, that you're right. I think I think that they're still that they're still, I would say alive, but maybe not kicking in Canada. (laughs) So you know, I mean, even cold emails they they work. Yes. Yes. Totally. Totally. I I have this this theory or this this way of living of like I just ask everyone because. If you don't ask, you're literally not going to get anything. People aren't just going to come up and give you things and give you opportunities, right? Unless you ask. And cold email is like totally one of those ways that that you can do that. I mean, that's how we got connected on the podcast. Yes. Right? Like, right. it's just, it's just the, it's, it might seem a little scary to people, but it's, it's so worth um, just going after it. So great, great story. <laughs> um Let's talk about uh, your mix. So direct to consumer versus um, being in, in, the, in the retailers. Yeah. What, what's your mix right now? Um, we're like 38% um, B2C and then the rest is actually B2B. Okay. Awesome. Good. Most people that, that we chat with and, and most of the clients that we work with are definitely flipped on yes. that side, but yes. it makes sense with you with some of those kind of bigger relationships that you have. Well, and actually, one of our, our largest clientele um, and kind of the industries that we're moving into is actually hospitals. So that was kind of a fun story. Um, in 2018, uh, a nurse found us on Instagram. Yeah. This is the power of social media and Instagram, yeah. right? Um, 
And she worked in NICU. She was a NICU physical therapist and she found us and she just sent me an email and said, Hey, I love your product. You know, we're using um, a competitor product of yours, but I believe it's inferior. I would love to check out yours. Mm. And so from that, we actually ended up getting into um, institutional buying, which is hospitals. And so that opened a huge. Amazing. Yeah. So that must just be a massive channel. It is. It, it is. It's really turned out to be an amazing channel. And um, it just kind of goes to, again, like innovation and solving a problem. Um, we, it was a huge process. Don't, don't get me wrong. That oh, undertaking sure. for that, you can even pay somebody to honestly get you into um, that type of, you know, these yeah. types of um, yeah. hospitals. So what she had to do is she was just passionate. She was kind of ended up being a brand ambassador for us without us right? Really giving her a title. Yeah, I yeah. mean, she was just very passionate about finding a great product. And she took our swaddles and took it to her managers who then told her, you got to take it to 10 different medical boards to pitch this. And she went to the medical boards and medical board says, Hey, we can't just swap out a new um, brand for the old brand just because you prefer yeah. <laughs> you actually have to deem the other brand unsafe. And so, oh, really? Oh, is that, is that how it works? Yeah, it was crazy. So, I mean, so it was just insane. I mean, basically what they had to do and the loophole. So they had to do NICU audits, all this stuff to basically say, yeah, we do want a different brand to come in. And um, within three months, they were able to, to get us in. Um, and that kind of opened the doors to institutional buying through, you know, hospitals and, and the like. So we are officially in um, multiple hospitals. Uh, and you're, so basically if you're, if you're giving birth in that hospital, you're going home with an MBA swaddle. If your baby is in the NICU, your baby is wrapped in our swaddles. So, I mean, we're a very trusted brand. Um, we're working now with medical groups um, to do um, some white papers because one of our customers happened to be using our swaddle um, and she was part of a hip dysplasia study. Okay. And they found out that her baby was making huge progress and they couldn't figure out why. And it turns out that our swaddle was actually contributing to them. Really? Really? Yeah. Wow. So and I'm sure- started getting, you know, So then people started finding us and these medical groups started finding us and saying, hey, will you participate in our white study? You know, we're going to get grant money. We're going to go and um, study this and, you know, do research on this. And we would love to invite you to be part of it. So that's- Incredible. Yeah. So lots of things, lots of- you know, business comes from areas that you just least expect. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, I, I'm, I'm so impressed. I feel like I wasn't ready for uh, to hear a cool story like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's not like I really. I mean, I can't take credit for a lot of it. You know. Um, well, you have it. You you found a need. Yeah. Right. Um. You and and you fulfilled it right in the in the marketplace. Um, yeah. And that's that's incredible, right? And then opportunities come from that. Yeah, they do. You know, I mean, I think that's kind of, you know, it's like the, the mother of innovation, right, is need. And so, again, just having my own children and not being able to sleep and also being a working mom at that time, just being sleep deprived, that's really where the idea came from. Yeah, totally. Like the, there's got to be a better way. Yeah. Or there's like, we've got to be able to solve this problem after this many years of children being born. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's great. Um, okay, let's let's talk online now. Uh, what's working for you guys in online, uh, just online in general, first of all? Online in general. So we did a big, we've been really doing an Amazon push before. And cool. so we just recently switched over to more like pushing our um, 
uh, our direct-to-consumer on our website. So that's been a newer focus for us. So switching, sorry, from from Amazon focused more to owning your your customers. Yeah, owning your website. customers, you know, on your website, right? Yeah. So you use Shopify. Can, I mean, like the majority. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I mean, like I even, some of the brands that we work with that have like, I don't know, like 10,000 SKUs or something. I still recommend to move over to Shopify because it's so much more stable, right? So much more than, than other. Um, can I, I just want to explain for our our listeners kind of the difference, um, between being Amazon centric and, and being on your website. Essentially when you're on Amazon, you don't own those customers at all you don't get their information, right? All that you have is, I mean, you do have their shipping information, but I think legally you're not even allowed to own that information. Um, like, I don't even think that you could send them out like a, a package in the future um, uh, for free to, legally because it's not your customer. Whereas when, they're, when they buy direct from you, direct from your Shopify store or whatever, whatever that might be, your website, you actually own them. So that's, that's kind of the difference that we're talking about here in case anybody's wondering so yeah and then you know and and honestly it's all the hassle right I mean everybody knows once they're on Amazon I mean it's a it's a beast it's a nightmare you know to manage Um, Amazon has full power and control Um, there's not many brands that can get brand gating you know Um, so just being a smaller brand and not having that you're kind of at the mercy of Amazon if they decide that they're going to kick your listing off because I don't know you look you know you put up a funny picture that they don't like, or it didn't have a white background, you know, whatever it is, they take down, you know, they take down that listing. It can be devastating for your ranking. I mean, that's, that's happened to us before, you know, where we were highly ranked um, on page one and then, and it was something ridiculous, like some backend, you know, um, field that we first, I mean, not that it was ever filled out, but for one day, all of a sudden they noticed that it wasn't filled yeah, out. And they, they just decided. They decided to take down the whole listing and being down for those four days until we could figure out why they took it down. Cause they're not even very straightforward about why, right? Yeah. You have to troubleshoot yeah. all of that. Nothing is obvious in Amazon, you know, backend world. So, um, yeah. um, by that time we had lost our, you know, our, our, our ranking on the first page and it took months. And honestly, we never quite recovered mm. to the same, um, level ranking on that SKU. Were you using Amazon PPC to make up for that then? Hey, sorry about the interruption. We'll get back to the show shortly. I wanted to ask you again, are you confident in your company's marketing strategy for the upcoming year? If you don't want to leave it up to chance, take the one minute quiz at mindfulmarketing.co slash quiz. Now back to today's episode. I'm sorry, say that again. Were, were you using like, like, like paid per click with Amazon at that point then? No, I mean, we were, I mean, for the most part, we're pretty organic on Amazon. We don't do that much paid per click. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's momentum, right? Like yeah. Yeah. with Amazon. So yeah. if you ever- and it's, a, it's an SEO play, right? Yeah. On, on Amazon. We, we just released, um, the, the day that we're recording this, we just released a, an episode with um, somebody uh, who walked us through SEO for e-commerce. Um, so for those of you who are listening, go back to that episode and, and have a listen because it, it's so important. And SEO on Amazon works very similarly to how it works in, in the Google world. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just a lot of things like with the Amazon that's just, it is smarter to go, you know, and try to build your Shopify if that, you know, is within reach because there's challenges there, right? You have to find your own customers and, you know, we're at Amazon, they're already there. And 
um, deal with conversions and things like that. But, you know, Amazon, if you're out of inventory or they pull you down for a couple of days, I mean, it really could be devastating to your business, especially if your business is, you know, 60% or more on Amazon. Totally. I, I think also it's, it's the difference between being product centric and brand centric, right? In your, in, in the way that you are, like you guys seem from, from what I know of you guys, you seem more like a brand, right? Yes. Rather than just, just the one, the one product. Yeah. Um, so what's, what's working as far as uh, actual online marketing, like paid advertising is concerned right now for you guys? So for us, it's Instagram. So we're just starting to kind of play in the Pinterest world. Um, okay. I highly suggest that, you know, you, you all check that out. Um, not a lot of players, not a lot of brands are playing in Pinterest yet. So it's a newer, you know. So um, great, great prices as far as I'm yes. concerned. Yes. So we're just starting that out. Um, but for us, conversion, um, Instagram actually outperforms Facebook for us. So oh, Okay. Okay. So you're, you're putting the majority of your budget there. Are you guys using Google much? Yeah, we are just kind of, you know, we have retailers, so I kind of, I've been holding off on Google because my, my big box retailers kind of own that space already for my keywords. They're already paying for that. So I've been hesitant to kind of go against them. That's, um, that's so nice of you. I know, right? I know. <laughs> is, that, is that in any of your contracts or are you just a nice person? No, I think, you know, being in the big box stores, you do try to support them, you know, um, but I think I've given them that space for a number of years now. So maybe I will start to play a little bit more. So we're, we're slowly kind of making our way back into that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just remember that, that, uh, with those big box stores, you've got a lot of playing room that you can spend to acquire those customers yeah. if you want to bid against them. Yeah. So we're kind of looking at other keywords. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if too, for you guys, if Google shopping would be a good strategy as well. That's where my retailers are at. So that's they're on Google. Yeah. Yeah. We, so most people that listen to this know that I, my wife and I also own a clothing company and we're constantly in that sort of battle with our, our retailers. Mm -hmm. Um, and we let them know like, Hey, we spend a lot, um, to acquire customers because that's, um, that's where we think that the value is and we're happy to have you, but, uh, but we're also going to bid against you if you want to bid on, on those keywords. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what's, what's been the biggest struggle with paid ads? Um, you know, I guess it's always conversion and I guess, it, you know, it's really ROI, right? Like if your return, if you're, if you're outsourcing your, you know, to an agency or something like that, you have your, your monthly spend with them, your agency and yeah. the paid ads. So I think it's just, it comes down to ROI, right? Like, can you make it worth it? Can, can you do your three or four X so that you actually are cash flow positive, you know, and making profit on, on totally. And pe you know, people who, who are running, uh, sorry, who are going to hire an agency need to remember that. And this is coming from an agency owner. <laughs> you need to remember that there is that agency cost as well. So even if they're getting a, you know, a two return on ad spend, you do have to take into to mind whatever that agency fee has to add into there. I, I tell people, unless you're spending at least 10 to 20,000 a month, don't hire an agency, learn it, right? Learn it first. And it's even better if you, if you know what you're doing in those spaces, and then hire it out, you're going to be so much better. Right. Um, that's just a little aside. I feel like I've, I've had actually too many asides with you today. <laughs> <laughs> you're just giving me lots to think about here. Um, are there a, anything else working paid ads wise? Are you, have you guys tried out YouTube at all? We haven't tried YouTube. Um, I think we're just kind of right now, like trying to build that Pinterest is kind of our, our big, totally. one, our big focus right now that we're, 
you know, again, it's still cheap. So yeah. Um, one thing that we're seeing with YouTube is bidding on particular channels or particular keywords because YouTube being the second largest, um, search engine in the world, right? Owned mm -hmm. by Google, but it's the second largest search engine in the world and bidding on actual um, search terms on YouTube rather mm -hmm. than most people, what they do is they do either in-market audiences that they're gonna bid on or um, you know, age demographics, but overlaying that with search terms is incredibly powerful. So that when somebody is, is searching something like how to swaddle a baby, and if you guys came up on that video first for a pre-roll ad, it's, it's not even interruption marketing. It's like you're actually giving them exactly what they want. Um, super interesting kind of stuff these days. So if, if yeah, anyone out there wants to try YouTube, go for it. You can email me, ask me how to do it. And I'll, I generally will tell people. So. <laughs> no, that's great. I'm going to definitely check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super interesting stuff these days on YouTube. And again, the cost it's, it's going to those places because Facebook is getting so expensive. Still yeah. an amazing place for conversions. But, but trying to find those, those new places for traffic that, that are undervalued right now. And you're right on with Pinterest. Like we do, we do not talk about Pinterest enough. So yeah. Cool. I feel like that's kind of, a lot of people aren't on it yet. So, you know, where people are moving to YouTube, they are moving, right? And yeah. Everybody does Google, everybody does Facebook. And so it's kind of like, let's see if we can ride this one before the cost goes up too high. You know, the paper totally, goes. totally. And, and the thing is early adopters. Yeah. Yeah. And, and because of the auction style, I don't think any of these platforms are going to get too crazy. Um, I think maybe some of them, I, I think Facebook's almost hit its peak because people can't make money, uh, yeah. especially in the States for, for us in Canada, man, we're still seeing like, like I, we recently did a case study where we saw an 11 return on ad spend in November for a brand. Like you just don't see those kind of like, you don't see those kind of numbers anymore in the States. In Canada, we can still kind of get that because our CPMs are so much lower. Um, but anyway, um, if you could go back to when you first started, what would you do differently? If anything, I mean, it seems like you, you kind of nailed it when you started. Uh, you know, yeah, yes and no. So, I mean, we had so much opportunity when we started, but I think if I had to go back and do it all over again, I would have taken, I would have taken investor money. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, interesting. Can you, can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, kind of to go back to the Babies R Us and Bye Bye Baby store, right? A story. Um, when I walked into Babies R Us, they wanted, they were saying every single store, which is like what, 350 stores or whatever it was at the time. Yeah. Um, and they wanted like 12 SKUs. That, that would have been like a $200,000 inventory play, you know, for me. Um, and I was only five days old and just came out of for nearly a near foreclosure because I had to basically leave my job, which I was the sole, um, I was the primary income, not the sole, but, um, mm. uh, the primary income provider for our family. So, you know, taking two years to develop the product, et cetera, and, and, um, have my babies as well, like put us in a financial bind. So I was trying to scrape up any money I could really to, 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 um, yeah, just to make, the products and stock my inventory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had to turn down a lot of that 
uh, we could have made a lot of money like right out right out of the gate but I thought it was a very big risk and um, I didn't have the the money to be able to buy that into that much inventory at the time and with the risks right um, you can get the first purchase order and sure they'll pay for that but you have to promise to stay I mean you're kind of carrying them for at least two um, two more purchases so two months worth of supply has to be on order uh, and then mm. their terms are terrible. The big box retailers, you know, you're talking about 60, 90 days before you get paid. So your cash flow cycle is like six months before you see money, right? You're you're paying your manufacturers and manufacturing the product and totally coming. Um, you know, it's it's on its way, right? Um, over, uh, but and you haven't sold it yet, and then you have to sell it, and then you have to wait for terms to come through, etc. Yeah. So. I think for us as a company, growth and scalability, we can scale and we can grow, but we can't quite scale without the funding that we need. And that's where we've been really lacking. Um, so did you guys, did you guys end up taking funding? So we're just starting to now. I've actually self-funded everything to date. Um, Amazing. We just started. Yeah. So I started pitching and doing kind of our friends and family and seed rounds um, just this year. So okay. Wow. We are in talks with quite a few investors right now, yeah. but um, I think, yeah, look, going back, if I had to do everything all over again, I would have went and fundraised that, that mm. year and, I've and, never... money and put the infrastructure in instead yeah, of, kind yeah. of growing slow. That yeah. way I could have hired the team. You know, I've actually done everything almost as a solo entrepreneur to date. It's really just me. I work, I outsource a lot um, of my team, but yeah, but we're really still running as, um, you know, yeah, a solo entrepreneur running with the team. That's incredible. So. That's incredible. Good, (laughs) good for you. Wow. We outsource a lot of our team, but. Oh, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. I I can imagine kind of the scale that you're on right now. And that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's a lot to handle. Yes. So yeah, but with investor money, you can, you know, you can have the money to buy the inventory that you need to scale and to grow and to hire, you know, a CEO and, or not a CEO, sorry, a COO and a, right, a CFO and your executive team, you know, that can really carry this through with you. Mm -hmm. I'd say one of the biggest hires that we made this year at the clothing company was a CFO. It just makes, it it saved us. He, he, for the amount that he's charging us, and this is a fractional CFO, he's not full-time. Yep. With us. And, uh, and I know he looked into just one thing and he's like, Oh, you guys could be saving $60,000 a year on this. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, Oh, you just paid for yourself. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's, I I'd highly recommend if anybody's in that, uh, you know, seven to eight figure sort of range, uh, get a fractional CFO. And that's just a CFO that works, you know, one day, one day a month. Or... Yeah. I mean, that's what we do. We have a outsource CFO, right? Yeah. Uh, wonderful. And you can use them as often as you like, um, you know, a few hours a week, a few hours a month. I mean, it's, it's really up to, you know, the scale of your business and how much yeah. you need them. But it's nice because at our, you know, until you're really like, you know, making 10, 15 million a year or whatever, you don't need a full-time CFO, nor should you hire one, you know? So, no, I, I heard a, actually a great podcast about when to hire a full-time CFO um, from a fractional CFO company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were talking about that. And that's exactly what they said. They said 15 million yeah. is when it kind of starts to make, make more sense. Um, having a controller probably before that is a good idea. Yep. Um, but, but as far as, and for people who don't know, chief financial officer, CFO, just in case there, there's any, anything that you don't get there. 
Um, awesome. Wow. I sometimes wish that I had more than half an hour and this is one of those times. <laughs> this has been so great. I'm going to ask you the, the question I have to ask everybody. What's your secret to scaling? Innovation, you know, um, I think innovation really, then, then the customers will come, even your B2B, right? Like that's what, that's really been what has given us the opportunities. It's because we took um, a known category and innovated on it. Yeah. You know, hadn't been innovated on in a long, long time. So um, yeah, that's, I really do believe if you can just keep on innovating and um, meeting a need, that's, that's what's going to help scale you. People will find you people who need your product, they are going to find you. Yeah. Um, and as you grow your brand, obviously you're helping to get the word out, but yeah, I, I feel like that's really what's going to carry us is um, continuing to innovate. Yeah. So we have product pipelines, you know, um, and just continuing to grow and innovate and yeah, and learn where your core business is. I mean, yeah. we didn't know it was going to be hospitals, you know? When oh we yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, awesome. Let's move on to our lightning round here. Uh, what is your favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Hmm. Let's see. You know, it's really funny. I'm going to say um, for organization, it's OneNote. <laughs> That's my oh, favorite. OneNote. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know all but OneNote. Yeah. I mean, it's a free Microsoft um, software, but it is so robust. I use it literally for all of my meeting notes, my action items, my checklists. That is how I organize my day in my life. It's actually with OneNote. Yeah. It's like a, like a digital notebook, basically, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. And there's a mobile version and a desktop version. And it, it literally has changed, you know, the way I run my business because I've just been able to, um, yeah. yeah, just back kind of put everything down um, that's in my head onto paper. So that's, it's been, it's been great. Amazing. That's great. Uh, do you have a favorite podcast? Uh, you know, I, I'm like a big fan of the NPR ones. I, I just always listen to those. Yeah. Is there, is there a particular one? How I built this. Oh my gosh. You're seven in a row, literally yeah. seven in a row. I was like, I was like, Oh, please say how I built this. Please yeah. say how I built this. <laughs> you know, how I built this. Um, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a group. Um, called um, Entrepreneurs Organization. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I know what you yeah. Yeah, and so I do love, um, they have their own podcast called Wonder. It's a female one. Okay, um, cool, cool. That's also like an amazing one. I love the pitch just because I am in this VC venture capital. Yes, yes. One. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. That's great. Oh man, I, I'm so glad you said how I built <laughs> this again. <laughs> people are going to be listening like are they going to say it again are they going to say it again oh my goodness that's so funny I did not know that <laughs> um and is there a founder that you look up to hmm is there a founder that I look up this is sometimes a, a, a woman that stumps people a little bit that is you know um I don't think there's any to be honest when I started this company I didn't know anybody else in business so it wasn't like and yeah, because you weren't in that, you weren't in that space, right? You no, weren't in that, that entrepreneur sort of space at the time. Yeah. So I, I don't really have like somebody I look up to, um, like in terms of like a company or a founder, but I mean, I do have mentors, um, business coaches, things like that. I definitely think that that's something that you need in your life in order to grow and scale your business. Um, I would say that that's, you know, a really life changing you know, completely have a, a, a yeah. mentor or a business coach they're just going to be able to take you where you're not 
you know, you don't know how to get there and give you the confidence too, um, in terms of making the right decisions and having a sounding board. And I think that's where we entrepreneurs struggle a lot is not having a sounding board. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, this was so great. So great. I seriously, I'm, I'm always surprised at how much I enjoy every single interview. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I'm just going to hear the same thing on this one. And it's always different. Everybody's story is so unique. And um, it was so great to chat with an aerospace engineer. <laughs> Thanks. This is, yeah, this, this is great. Yeah, it was so much fun. This is my first um, podcast interview, like I said. So thank you, Jordan, for making me feel so at ease. It's yeah. Oh, good. Good. That's my goal. Um, where can people find out more about you? Um, so our website is MB Babies. It's E as in Eric, M as in Michael, B as in boy, E as in Eric, and then the word babies, B-A-B-I-E-S dot com. Yeah. That's our website. Awesome. Uh, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah. And our Instagram and Facebook and all the other handles is MB Babies as well. So E-M-B-E-B-A-B-I-E-S. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Secrets to Scaling Online. If you're loving what you're hearing, subscribe to our podcast and share this with a friend. No, seriously, share it with a friend. No, if you don't, I'm going to find you and I'm going to make you profitable. Got it? No, seriously, 